All right, everyone. Welcome back to Movie How. My name is Joe. I am joined once again by my uh, beautiful and dynamic co-host, Ryan. We are here to talk about yet another movie. This one is an Academy Award winner, uh, Parasite. We decided that we wanted to check out something different. Uh, foreign film. This is definitely different than some of the other ones we've seen. Not maybe as different as we were expecting it to be. I had no real expectations going into this. I remember watching the preview for it and still had no idea what the movie was really about. Um, but we are going to do our best to tell you uh, how what we thought the movie was about. So, Ryan, what what do you think? Uh, what, do, what are your first impressions of of this movie? So, like you going into it, I didn't know what it was going to be about. I had seen like the unsettling-looking artwork, but I, I never even saw a preview of it or anything. So, going into it, I thought it was going to be some kind of suspense thriller type deal, which it wound up being, I think. Um, but it really reminded me a lot of the talented Mr. Ripley. Because at its core, it is a suspense movie about a poor family latching on to a wealthy family and kind of taking advantage of them and then just going further and further down this road and being kind of unable slash unwilling to you know remove themselves from that family they're like so dug in that things get really crazy throughout the course of this movie i don't think they there's ever any real tracking of time so we don't really know you know before the finale the climax of what happens in this movie we have no idea how long they are with this family uh it seems a little bit like it's kind of quick uh they're not really with this family for a an extended period of time but they might have been uh they left that a little bit vague which was okay it wasn't anything that i needed explained any more than uh it was it being that it won an academy award i feel personally like i was expecting more out of this movie than i got I'm not really sure, except for maybe it was it was uh, time for a foreign film to win an Academy Award. It was it was their turn. But otherwise, after watching this, I don't really see what caused the Academy. Who I I don't watch the Academy Awards. I used to when I was much younger, but what it's turned into now, I, I just don't care. Don't care at all. Uh, but I was curious if, okay, this won an Academy Award. It looks interesting. It could be. I thought it was going to be more of a thriller, horror kind of a movie, and that intrigued me as to being able, you know, horror movies don't win Academy Awards. That's uh, for Best Picture. That's that's a pretty rare thing right there. So I was intrigued to see it, to see how it was going to turn out. After watching it, they're not saying... It was terrible, but there were some there were some things in it that happened that that bugged me that I I didn't understand, you know the decision making of the characters involved. Uh, it seemed fairly well acted by everybody, but ah, just it was it was lacking what I believe 
in story, in some sort of twist or something. There was a little twist in it, something surprising that happened. I don't know if I really understood it. I can understand that. I came into it, again, no preparation, no real understanding of why it was so popular or what it was about. And I kind of suspected while we were watching it that there might be some cultural significance to what's happening that maybe we don't understand. There was a lot related to, you know, the haves versus the have-nots, the way that this family is living. And the fact that they're, they actually seem, for the most part, grateful for what they have. They're not desperate or anything. But it still seems to have kind of that that theme of resentment of the lower class versus the upper class, why they have what they have. You know, there's even a conversation with the mother once the whole family is in this house and the wealthy family that actually owns it are away, where they're saying, you know, she's very trusting. And they're saying, well, if you're that rich, of course you're going to be nice and you're going to be trusting. So I'm not sure... Um, it's a roundabout way to say I'm not really sure if there's some difference there culturally than there would be here because there's always going to be, you know, tension between classes. But I'm not sure maybe there's some connotation there that we're missing. That's entirely possible. Uh, this movie, the general plot of this movie, like you said, is uh, this poor family who's having a rough go of it. Um, they make it seem like the father and mother, at least the father, has had uh, many different jobs over the years. He's not working as they're, as they're in this movie. He isn't providing for the family. Uh, you see them in their little apartment, which is a below-ground apartment. It has these windows that uh, the street is like eye-level. If you stood up, the street would be eye level and the windows up from there. Uh, they they keep having problems with the piss man. I <laughs> keep coming outside their apartment and, and peeing, I guess. It's just just some ridiculous things like that. Um, it Some of the moments in this, even moments that I don't think it was supposed to turn out this way, it, it ended up being very comedic. Especially in some of those later climax scenes. I don't, I don't think we were supposed to be laughing at what was going on, and we found ourselves laughing at the things that were happening to these characters. Uh, so it didn't... I don't know if it delivered what it was trying to, at least to us. Uh, I remember the same kind of issue when I watched uh, an old, old scary movie at this point, The Blair Witch Project. Mm. Things were going on in that movie, and... My buddies and I in the theater watching it, expecting one thing, and then watching this movie and just laughing. Like, this is not a scary, this is not suspenseful. This is a comedy. This is a horror comedy. So there was some parts like that to it. It was also almost a con artist movie. Because that's what this poor family was basically doing in one person at a time uh, was conning their way into this rich the parks i believe is the name of the rich family conning their way into the parks lives uh by way of the mother uh the son for the family uh the poor family 
he has a friend who's in college, I guess, and is tutoring uh, this adolescent teenage girl mm-hmm. of uh, the, the daughter of sophomore, the parks. They said she was. Yeah. yeah. High school sophomore. And the this friend who's doing this, he really likes this girl, apparently, but he's not going to make any moves. He, he tells him, well, I'm going to wait until she, you know, enrolls in university. She's of an age of consent before I try and ask her out or do anything like that. He was trying to be a, a very straight up kind of guy. And the reason he picked uh, this uh, friend of his to be the one to start all this was because he trusted him to not make any moves on this, you know, underage girl. And that was, well, that was a bad choice. There's a lot of con artist sort of stuff going on, which is kind of cool. I actually like a lot of that. I like that they find, you know, they quickly find really through the friend Min, I think his name was the one that recommends the son for this job that they're not so much worried about, you know, your credentials or your experience. They're worried about you being somebody who comes recommended by somebody they trust. So they don't really care that the son does or doesn't have a college degree, which they forge one for him, but she doesn't care. She's like, I don't care about your documents. She goes, what I care is that you're recommended. You know, can you be up to the standards of men who was doing this before? And then I guess that's what spurs them to start doing this because they realize they don't really need much to con these people except to have their trust. So different members of their family pose as, oh, this is my cousin's friend. You know, my sister, this is my cousin's friend who went to some art school in America. And now she's here and she's going to help your son who's drawing weird stuff with art therapy. And some of the cons are just ridiculous but it's it's a family there they found a family that's just more worried about who they can trust and who's going to act properly and they you know the idea of being swindled doesn't even occur to them yep and i found it interesting considering how this this whole trust thing that you're talking about that you know being recommended by somebody you already know and well we don't know how long their driver was with them uh, the father, Mr. Park. We don't know how long his driver was with him uh, before they con their way into uh, their own father replacing the driver. Uh, we don't know. We do know how long the housekeeper had been there before they conned their way into their mother replacing this old housekeeper because this old housekeeper had been there since the The previous owner. Yeah, since the house was built. So she'd been there the entire time this family had been there. And with that whole thought of trust, it really felt like they gave up on these couple of workers of theirs really quickly. And this, the whole idea of this, their con that they're bringing in, which, as we said, was kind of clever the way they did it. Um, I, I really enjoyed how when his sister, the his cousin's friend, quote-unquote, came in to tutor 
uh, their son, as far as art was concerned, that it turned into an art therapy thing that the son is maybe schizophrenic, uh, based on some of the things he's doing in these paintings, that she just took charge. Yeah. That she came in and, nope, you can't, uh, I, I won't do my class with the mother in here. It, it makes sense as a parent for me to want to be in the first session with my child and this new teacher that you would want to be there for the first session to see how you do it and how the interaction goes and is everything. And the sister was having none of it. Nope. Can't do it. Oh, I need to talk to the mother alone uh, and telling the housekeeper to go away. She really had this take charge attitude like that. And it, it, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was very interesting. That attitude. Cause all of them had kind of to, be careful of, as Mr. Park put it, crossing the line. And he even talks about at one point when they're all hiding in the house and they can hear him. He's saying that the driver's good. And he always seems like he's just about to cross the line, but he never actually does it. So they're all, you know, treading carefully. The son is keeping his relationship with the Park's daughter secret. Um, you know, as the housekeeper, the mother of this poor family is being very obedient you know she's very accommodating to what they want her to do she's just i mean she's just doing her job you know when they're doing their jobs they're not really pulling anything uh and then the daughter comes in as this teacher and just takes charge it's it's an interesting change that hers is the one where like you know she's in charge of them she's like this is what you have to do to get me and they're like oh okay okay we, you know we'll stay out of there we'll do whatever like they kind of scheme to get in there and see what's going on but yeah they they schemed to help the father become the new driver and apparently he'd done it before he was a good driver like he he knew doing that job uh that was obvious when mr park he said it wasn't a test as he's holding a cup of coffee in the back seat um, as he's as the the dad's doing turns and different things, and he's keeping it nice and smooth. And oh, it's just a nice. I just wanted to get out of the office, nice relaxing drive. This isn't a test. It was obviously a test. Yeah. Uh, and he, but he did a good job. It's like each one of them legitimately knew the profession, quote unquote, they were trying to portray. So one of the things, one of the first things that bothered me that I saw as a flaw as I was thinking about it, digesting it. For this to work, for this poor family to insinuate themselves into the park's lives, in order for that to work, uh, number one, they're using the fact that Min's told this uh, uh, his friend, the, the son, that the mother is... Mrs. Park is kind of simple. Yeah. Now, from what we could tell from just watching the movie, I, I feel like when he said simple, he meant naive. She wasn't Forrest Gump. We're not talking that kind of simple, <laughs> like, on the spectrum. But she was just naive. Like, she was a housewife who had, according to the husband, had no skills, can't cook, can't clean, doesn't have a job just kind of is a housewife who doesn't do a lot. Uh, I mean, they have a maid there to do things. They have a driver. 
Yeah, so she's she kind was, of the house manager. She makes sure yeah. the staff are all doing what they're supposed to be doing, but herself, she doesn't do a whole lot. It's interesting that you bring that up. I just want to interject this, that when they first introduce her, they go to the house and she is asleep at a table in the backyard and the maid is out there trying to wake her up and can't and she's like clapping in front of her to wake her up and she just like shoots up. So I thought this lady's going to be a drunk or an absentee mother or something like that. And for the rest of it, she seems completely with it and aware of what's going on. I mean, the, the only thing that seems like you're saying simple about her is that she's really, really trusting. Like she just takes at face value, anything anybody tells her. One of the things that I realized as I was digesting this movie was the way Mrs. Park handles firing these employees, Mr. Park wants the driver dismissed kind of quietly. And then when it comes to the housekeeper, it's the same kind of thing. The, the way that they're running this con, if either one of these people, Mr. and Mrs. Park, if they confront these individuals this all falls apart. It was specifically because they wanted zero confrontation that allowed this to get as far as it did in the first place. Yeah. It's because they knew that this family was kind of private and concerned about their image and what people knew and what people would say, which is not, I wouldn't say that's a uniquely Korean thing. You know, as far as cultures go, that that's something I think that happens everywhere. I think it's primarily an upper class thing, too. You know, OK, yeah, I can see that. But we don't necessarily know exactly what Mr. Park does for a living. All that's vague. He's I don't know if he's head of a company or just high up in this company. Yeah. During the car ride, they, you know, interview that's not an interview. I believe they mentioned that he's the CEO of his own company. Okay, so as that kind of individual, if you're going to be the CEO of a company, you are not unfamiliar with confrontation. So there was a part of that that I thought the director just needed it. It's just one of those cases. The director needed it to happen in this manner so that the movie could happen. Otherwise, everything falls apart. Well, to be fair, I'm not sure that it's that unusual for a housewife in that kind of situation to be the one who manages the staff. So when Mr. Park finds the panties in the back of the car that are supposed to incriminate the driver, he has no qualms about it. He just comes up to his wife and he's like, hey, check this out. We need to get rid of this guy. Like He even says, I don't care what this guy does. He goes, if he had even just done whatever it was he was doing in his part of the car and not where I sit, <laughs> that would be a different thing. You know, he's a young man. You know, his his business is his business, but he's got to go. So can you just That's true. figure out a way to get rid of him? And she's like, yeah, 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 I can do that. And she seems, I don't know, a little timid. But they're just like, we'll just let him go. We're not going to say anything about it. We're not, you know. He'll be fine. And I do understand that. Like, as I was watching the movie, I, it didn't it didn't make me think about that during the movie. It was only upon later recollection that 
if there's any sort of confrontation with that, this whole con artist scheme falls apart. But in the moment, yes, the wife doesn't seem confrontational at all, that she would absolutely just try to make up some little excuse or something, you know, to, to make this stuff happen. But it's after all four of them are part of this family's life. There's the parks are four with mother, father, son, daughter, and this other family who's inundating themselves into their lives. Therefore, mother, father, son, daughter. Yeah, and they've kind of each got somebody that they've latched onto. The son to the park's daughter. The daughter, <laughs> the poor family's daughter. See, we don't know any of the character names. I can't remember any of them. And looking at them on IMDb, I'm not going to try to pronounce them. But the daughter Absolutely. from the poor family has latched onto the park's son as the teacher, the mother to Mrs. Park, and the father to Mr. Park. So they each have their person and there's even that scene where they're talking about taking it a little bit further that what if their son wound up marrying the park's daughter someday you know and how they would do that they would hire actors to come in and pretend to be his parents and you know and they they're kind of revealing that they've thought about this a lot and they have plans and they're maybe a little bit more devious than we had realized and i like the moment where they're in the park's house drinking all their booze and eating their food and they start talking about the driver that they got fired. And they're saying, well, you know, he was a young man and he was attractive and he was good at his job and whatever. Like, do you think he's okay? He, he must have gotten a better job by now, right? And then I forget who, maybe the daughter's like, what are you talking about? We're needy. Like, why are you worried about him? Okay. As they're sitting in this giant mansion, this beautiful mansion, drinking and eating all this expensive stuff. They're like, no, 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 we're the needy ones. Don't worry about this guy that we got fired. Yeah, I thought uh, there was a, a line in it that we both thought was interesting. Uh, as in the middle of all this going on, they're, one, they're bilking these the parks out of a lot of money. The son's getting paid a decent rate for tutoring. The daughter is getting paid an exorbitant amount of money from what we can assume, because during that first interview process, because it's not just an art teacher, it's art therapy, she says, well, my rate's going to be much higher because of that. Right. So the fa the father's the driver, the mother as uh, the maid, housekeeper. They they're all They're making a decent amount of money off these people. And they don't ever attempt to stop living in kind of the hovel that they have in the very beginning of the movie in this, this little apartment kind of thing that they have, it shows them with their phones and they haven't been able to pay the phone bill. So their phones have been shut off. And so they're using them solely on the Wi-Fi. but the Wi-Fi is somebody else's Wi-Fi in the area. And they're running around the apartment with their phones, you know, trying to get a signal <laughs> to, to be able to, have some sort of access to the outside world. So they make they make no attempt to remove themselves from this situation which they're in. And I know it's a con, what they're doing, but after all four of them are doing these jobs, they could easily just work the jobs and earn a living and increase their 
quote unquote station in life by working hard for this family and, you know, being responsible, paying their bills, doing what you're supposed to do as a working adult. So from here on out, do we want to talk spoilers a little bit, maybe more in depth of the story? Uh, We certainly can. Because I have some thoughts. It's what you're saying is is striking a chord because when they were sitting there in that living room, like we're talking about, that was frustrating for me. I mean, I know it's a suspense movie and the whole thing is supposed to be that they're getting so far into this that they don't have a way out. You know, they just, they can't see Uh past trying to get more and more, even though they're not seemingly not using the money for anything. I mean, they have nicer clothes that they wear to work. When you see them when they're at home, they're still, you know, wearing the same stuff they were before, kind of behaving the same way. They're going out to eat and getting pizza and stuff like that. But I mean, that's the only thing that we see is some of the stuff that they're doing when they're out. You know, but when they're at home, still the same thing. But yeah, if if they would have just done the jobs and acted like real employees, everything would have been fine in this movie. Like when they're in there just partying and they're all in this house. You know, it's like, why, why are you doing this? If anything, just take the stuff and leave. Don't party in the house. Like, why would you ever take the risk? The simple answer, overconfidence. Yeah. They get, they they assume that they're going to be gone for the weekend. It's the first night that they've left, so they truly don't expect them to come back, which, spoiler alert, that's almost, that's really what gets this movie rolling. There's a, there's a twist moment right here. The, as they're drinking and carousing, uh, and the, breaking the stuff. dad, yeah. The, the dad starts, I was going to say, gets, starts to get pissed off and he like breaks some bottles so there's glass all over the floor and even if there's just a little bit of booze left in the bottles, there'd be, besides broken glass, booze on the floor, a booze smell there as well, uh, which is going to come into play later or should come into play later. Yeah. But as this is happening, there's a pouring rain outside and all of a sudden, ding dong, ding dong the old housekeeper shows up and just some, some parts of that, that really, uh, it's, it's hard for me to understand the series of events after this moment. Some of the things that happened. So old housekeeper shows up. She says that, Oh, um, I, they rushed me out of there so quick. I have just a few things in there that I have to grab. Would you please let me come in and get them? And as far as this housekeeper knows, the old housekeeper, uh, the mother of the poor family, the new housekeeper, is the only one there. That she's watching the house because it's like a live-in nanny situation that she just lives there now. So it's, it's her who's home. As my thinking on it, if I was a professional housekeeper that lived in like a, uh, you know, Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> and I just took over this job. If the old one comes and the family isn't there, I say, absolutely not. You may not come into this house. I am not authorized to let you come back in and get anything. Just come back when the family is here. Yeah, it was interesting that they didn't question that. I mean, I get that it had to happen, and 
former housekeeper even tells her, you know, I've been watching. I know they're not here. Like, that's why I came at this time. I didn't want them to be here for this. I just need to grab some stuff. So let's not bother explaining this sequence of events that happens next. But what do you think about them having stashed her husband in the hidden bunker? Did that strike you as particularly strange or kind of believable given the circumstances? As Grandpa Simpson would say, little from column A, little from column B. (laughs) See, I've read stuff before and I've seen videos about people in, well, really all over that live in strange places. You know, we've, we've made no secret that we are in the St. Louis metropolitan area. And I met somebody one time who worked at the main post office building in the city. And a lot of people don't know this, but St. Louis had a subway system that was built. And I think it actually ran for a little while, but then it was shut down for some reason. And this person had told me that they used to have problems because one of the places where you can still access the subway tunnels is in a sub-basement of that post office building. And there were people living down there. So they'd have people trying to sneak in and get down there or trying to get out of the tunnels and out through through the post office in the middle of the night. So I wasn't terribly surprised. I've also seen a lot of urban exploration videos where they find old bunkers and stuff from the wars. Like, I, you know, I've seen some that were, I think they were in Japan, you know, again, because of the war. And there were people living down there. You know, somehow they're still power active for you know whatever reason i guess when you have a bunker built for a war you want it to be ready to go at all times and that's kind of what this was this was a bunker in case of a conflict with north korea that turned you know exceptionally violent i found it both shocking i i was i was very surprised by that part and so i thought oh this is where it's going to get really good and my honest opinion on it, when former housekeeper comes, uh, she goes downstairs because her husband's living down there, and from what they tell us, has been for four, four and a half years? Something like that. I kind of feel that's where the movie gets stupid. <laughs> there, There's just some things that happen, some decisions that get made that really make me question how in the world this won an Academy Award. Uh, I, Me personally, just because of the lives that we live, I, that would drive me insane. I couldn't spend my life in a basement and it didn't look like it was super furnished. It, it was very, very basic living down there. There were definitely some cultural things that got uh, thrown around with the former housekeeper's husband talking about respect, respect for uh, the original owner, respect for Mr. Park. Yeah, uh, even when he's head of the household. Yeah, even when he's down there tied up, we find out that. So there are a couple scenes where you see Mr. Park come up the stairs from the garage, and you realize at a point they reveal that there's not actually a sensor that is turning those lights on those stairs on one by one as he goes up. It's that there are switches or buttons on the wall directly below those stairs for whatever reason, which, you know, speaking of the architect, weird choice. 
Yep. You have very prominent globe lights hanging over the main stairway into the house from the garage. And for some reason, the controls for those are in the sub-basement, the bunker below the basement. Weird choice. But you find out that there's not actually a sensor there. It's that dude is down there listening and turning on those lights as the guy walks up the stairs. And even with his hands tied, he's whacking his forehead against the lights. And then looking over at Mr. Kim, the the father of the poor family, who's still down there, kind of like, yeah, this is what I do. <laughs> it Just, oh, okay. So some utterly ridiculous things happen. We're going to get into some major spoilers here. Um, the the new housekeeper follows the old housekeeper down this down these shady stairs into this concrete bunker and is confronting her about her husband and the old housekeeper is like uh just if you could just feed him and keep him alive you know we'll here's some money now we'll I'll pay you every month you know to to keep doing this mm-hmm. and the rest of the family has come down the stairs and they're like at the edge of the stairs kind of around the corner just listening and then all of a sudden something happens somebody's foot slips or gets kicked out and they all fall down onto the floor yeah like something out of the three stooges come to think of it i that's actually the one of the things looking back on it that makes the most sense because we talked about this the fact that before this old housekeeper comes to the door they are drunk like especially the son and daughter who probably don't hold their booze nearly as well as the parents like the son and daughter are hammered okay and you're right you're right i hadn't it, thought about that so i'll 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 you know chalk it up to that but they they fall down and the old housekeeper who has been around to see all three of them the father the son and daughter inundate themselves into this family's lives mm-hmm. not knowing that they're related and you know all of a sudden she she has her phone out and she's like recording this uh because the son's like oh dad dad get off me blah whatever and she's going to use that she she's using it as a blackmail device like i, I will send this to mrs park i i will push send and she's like holding this phone out in front of her in her hand, screen facing them and <laughs> getting them to back away, go upstairs. It's utterly ridiculous when just as you're listening to this, if you see this movie, if somebody's trying to do that, somebody's trying to blackmail you with information on a phone and they're holding it screen out facing you with their arm extended in your face. Who in the world doesn't smack that phone out of their hand? <laughs> it's utterly insane to me. They make this family go upstairs using this phone as, you know, the the method of their doom, and they're make them kneel on the floor. They're still recording them. They're telling them, all right, they're confirming stuff like you're the father. Who are you? You're the father. You're the mother. You're the son. You're the daughter. They're making them hold their hands up in the air above their heads. No, hold your hands up higher. Uh, they they mentioned the, the power of this. The husband of the old housekeeper 
who is clearly insane. Like, he's lived alone for four years, four-plus years. He, he's got a couple of screws loose. They, he's a little wild look in his eye. He, he's a little off his rocker. And he's acting like, oh, I, I feel like Kim, we're like Kim Jong-un. We have this nuclear missile pointed at this family in the in the form of this phone. If we hit the send button, we'll we'll blow them up. Yeah. the The things that take place after the housekeeper shows up in the rain at night it just it just becomes ridiculous. In a movie like this, you need some sort of realism. Uh, there's no magic there's no superheroes there's no aliens there's not as much suspension of disbelief in a movie that's supposed to be this suspenseful and it's supposed to be suspenseful based on realism things that could actually happen and when you start to do things and make decisions that are wildly unrealistic i really takes me out of it i'm not sure why in the world the Academy chose to pick this for best picture. As as I said before, it's probably it was just that time. All right, it's time for a foreign film. Yeah, it's time for a foreign film to win. So what what do we have to choose from? All right, we're gonna pick this one. Hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't well acted, but the things that happened in it afterwards, it just didn't make a lot of sense. The the mother, the new housekeeper, she ends up at some point tackling the old housekeeper, and it starts uh, this fight between the two individuals and the four individuals. And it's kind of ridiculous. And in the middle of this fight, as right as the uh, new family, who has kind of gotten control of the situation just barely, the phone rings, and apparently the parks are on their way home. Yeah, they're eight minutes from home. They say, if you put According on the pot and start GPS. boiling water, yeah, that you, you know you'll be done with this meal that they're requesting by the time they're there. I didn't mind that. That put an interesting ticking clock on it in yeah. a way that was like, oh shit! Now we have that. We have to. We have to do some stuff now. So they they lock the two people back down into the basement. They're trying to hurriedly clean everything up. The new housekeeper, the mother's trying to uh, get this food, this dish that she's never made prepared. She has to like look up the recipe. And she's cutting up meat and trying to get everything taken care of. Mm, excuse me. Uh, the daughter, and this is going to come into play later, takes all this broken bottles. Instead of going getting a broom and a dustpan, which I'm sure this house has because there's a housekeeper. They've got to keep it clean. Instead of going in a broom and dustpan and cleaning everything up in a way that makes sense and just doing it kind of in a hurry, she shoves all this broken glass under the table in the living room just to quickly get it out of eyesight. When this family gets back, uh, the three individuals who are not supposed to be there, the father, son, and daughter, instead of being able to leave the house, they are stuck in the house and they hide by laying under this table in the living room which sounds nearly impossible for 
a family to not notice that there's three individuals under their uh, living room coffee table. It's But it's because of the house and how it is, it's a very unique setup. So I was letting that go uh, based on you couldn't, you couldn't see it very well, just the way the camera angles were. So I'm like, you know what? Suspension of disbelief for this. I get it. They're hiding under the table. They have to be quiet. But some events take place, and the father and mother, Mr. and Mrs. Park, decide they're going to sleep in the living room, on the couch, while this these con artists are laying under this table. And, okay, that was an interesting decision that they made for this movie. I, I can't say whether or not it actually helped it, uh, in any way, shape, or form. But they're there. They end up getting getting out of that situation. Uh, the father, uh, son, and daughter end up leaving the house during this torrential downpour, and they have to head home. But as we talked about their house before, they're you know below street level. Their house is flooding. It's sewage. This is a problem. And so they're trying to... They're up to their waist and chest in water, sewage water, in their house, and they have to take what meager belongings that they can carry and head to, what does he say, a gymnasium? Yeah. Where and, a, and as they're leaving, the people. it's up past that. It's like it's like a ship that's going down. And oh, yeah. It's getting bad. whatever it's... they can out. It is absolutely, it's bad. Anybody who's listening, if you have not ever dealt with sewage, it is a very unique smell. Uh, you will not forget it. If you ever have like a, a basement flood and you have to you smell that in your basement before they come and clean everything up, it's very unique. It is not something to uh, be missed if you've smelled it before. It's not great. And so they leave, they go to this gymnasium, and there's a situation still in the house where they have these two people locked up in this secret bunker room. Well, you're missing the best part. Oh, oh, I'm a what, what is the best part? Oh, please enlighten me. Uh, so like you're saying, they've got them locked up, but the old housekeeper somehow gets free. I don't remember exactly how, and she starts coming up the stairs as the new housekeeper, the con artist is preparing this meal and serving it and she hears her coming up and she kind of looks back and she walks over towards that doorway you know turns around does this little backward kick like i was saying the way you would maybe close a door with your foot and kicks her back down the stairs yeah (sighs) she tumbles down the stairs and hits her head like the back of her head against a stone wall yeah and i mean it's it doesn't look good but you find out she that doesn't kill her. She is not quite dead yet. I didn't want to go through this one play by play, but it, you're right. It is really cartoony when you look at it that way. It's almost like a National Lampoon sort of movie where everything that could possibly go wrong does. Um, and yes. some of the characters make... They just do everything perfectly wrong. You know, the son who's being the tutor 
takes a diary from the girl's room. She know like he knows that she's into him. They make out and stuff when there's nobody else around. But he still yeah. steals one of her diaries and is reading it. And so he has to rush and put it back. And he has to hide under her bed when the family comes back. And he almost gets caught because this dog's just staring at him under the bed. And the dog's barking. And the girl's like, oh, what are you looking at? And then something happens and she winds up leaving the room. You know, like you're saying, they're spo- they swept all this broken glass and stuff under the table. And then they're under the table with it. The family's in there, right, but- or at least the mother and the father of the Park family are in that room, laying down on the couch right next to the coffee table. Somehow they don't notice. It never like occurs to them, like, hey, this table's breathing. What's going on? Huh. I mean, they do smell something, but he's saying it's this like radishy kind of smell, Mr. Park. He's saying it, you know, and later on, the, the daughter, the, the con artist's daughter, is saying, well, that's the smell from our house. We live in this semi basement apartment. That's what the smell is. It's from living down here. But yeah, yeah just the, the way the, everything goes, it could not have gone worse for them. But I, I think I disagree with you on some of the points. I actually liked a lot of the stuff going on in this movie because it seemed it it doesn't seem like it was necessarily following realistic events that somebody who was actually conning a family would do. It's more like the situation you could get into if you, like I was saying before, could never get enough. You know, they just have, they just keep going for more and more. And the whole thing with that seems to start with that stone that Min brings as a gift. You know, something about that it's supposed to bring wealth or you know, whatever it is that, that it's supposed to do or represent. And so it becomes this important thing to that family. They have it. You know, and it kind of comes along with the start of this con that they're pulling. And even the son brings it to the house and he brings it in his bag. And I think the way they're using it, it represents that the families, their push for material wealth is their downfall. They've gotten away with everything so far. They have no reason to believe they wouldn't continue to get away with things. Even with everything that's going on, when the old housekeeper comes in, you know, the mother of the this poor family is saying, like, well, I'm calling the cops. You can't be here. And telling her, you know, don't call me sis. Don't call me whatever. And then as soon as her family is visible, like you're saying, the, the old housekeeper immediately has her phone out, is immediately recording, saying, I'm going to call the police, you know, the new housekeeper calls her sis like kind of starts reciprocating this friendly behavior and she's like don't call me that bitch and it just <laughs> immediately flips it's almost cartoonish how quickly they turned on each other it wasn't like all right we're both in the wrong here you know the old housekeeper's like we're both going down now yeah i guess i guess that's a that's a good point it just it, in my mind it it took me so out of it the the things that happened because when I watch a movie, when I see something that happens that doesn't work as far as physically, uh, if she shoved all the broken glass under the table and then they laid on under the table on all the broken glass, I don't know. I mean, I think most of us have seen Die Hard. You know what happens when you walk or lay on broken glass? <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. If they broke bottles that had booze in them on the floor... When Mr. and Mrs. Park are laying on the couch in the living room, wouldn't they be like, 
What? Babe, do you smell sake? Like, what? what's going on? It would. There should have, at a minimum, like, been a conversation of we have to fire this new housekeeper. There is shit all over underneath the table and underneath the couch. <laughs> we can see it because they just shoved it all under there. I don't know. It, it, this movie just. It's hard for me to say it didn't live up to my expectations because I didn't have any necessary expectations except for the fact that I expected it to be there to be a better plot, a better story if it actually won the Academy Award. Hmm. I expected more of it. And what I got, you know, in the beginning half of it was this kind of con artisty you know, family insinuating itself, as you said, very uh, talented Mr. Ripley-like, getting in good with this family, and that was interesting. But then it just became this Wile E. Coyote versus Roadrunner cartoon-ish <laughs> fest of ridiculous things happening. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just got more ridiculous the next day with what takes place in the finale... And I don't necessarily want to spoil what happens in the finale, um, but I don't know. Some of the things that went on were, just in my own mind, very questionable. And when I'm watching a movie like this, and it's supposed to be this thriller, and you're supposed to believe the things that you're watching, it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of thriller, where it's more fantasy than actuality, it it was just hard for me to accept that. I, I've already said that I think I disagree with you on some of the points in this movie, which I like. This is why we wanted to do this, to have different perspectives. Because I'm able to put a lot of that, you know, this is like the Kryptonian technology. I'm able to put some of it behind me. You know, there might be cultural differences, things like that. I, I saw the old housekeeper and her husband as another family taking advantage of the parks just in a less obvious less ballsy way like you were saying the husband that's stuck in the basement does seem crazy and that's probably the most cartoony villainy kind of thing in it and there's a lot that doesn't make a lot of sense but i think it is really well acted especially the the husband that's living in the basement i actually really liked his character just from a perspective of how he performed it the way the look Like you're saying, he has this look in his eye where he's just all the time like he's got something going on in his mind. And you wouldn't, I mean, I guess that's all you have going when you're living in a basement like that. I just keep thinking to certain moments that were really good and really engaging. There was a lot that that did make the suspense feel, I guess, real and earned for me. Even if it was hard to believe, like the kid running up, running up the stairs with the thing around his neck and all of a sudden he just gets clotheslined by it where there's nothing for it to catch on. I like that the bad guy hit him with the rock and then he's laying there on the ground and he just picks it up and does it again. <laughs> like it's I say just, you, he did. Yeah. Oh, man. Some of it's just really funny and really strange, but... Yeah, the way it's acted, the whole time... I mean, we're laughing about it now, but honestly, through that whole movie, I felt really uncomfortable. This movie was really unsettling. Even more so than The Talented Mr. Ripley, which I really... I like that movie a lot. But there's so much in this where it's like, what are they going to do? Because they're not just normal con artists. Like, there's something 
up with these people. You know, they're trying to achieve something more than just money. Like they're basically trying to take over these people's lives. They're hanging out in their house, eating their food, drinking their stuff, talking about marrying their daughter. It's an experience that you can kind of get lost in. I can see where that's where you went with it, but I don't know. I just didn't feel like you kept saying towards the end of it, oh, they're going to start they're going to start killing them. Like they're going to start killing this fa- and this this poor family who is inundated themselves into the park's lives, that's not what they were doing. That's not they had no intention of doing anything like that. It felt like they were just trying to get away with it like all right we have these jobs now we're just gonna we're just gonna stay here and work them and and build these people out of this money that they shouldn't be paying us and i i didn't feel that as much and i wish that i would have i expected it to be more tense than it was less cartoony um i, I expected the moments where things actually happened in this crazy guy escapes the basement uh, it goes on, you know, uh, if you've, if you've ever watched Archer, he's on a rampage, <laughs> like he, he does his thing. I, I expected that to be a bigger payoff. And personally for me, it just wasn't, I didn't feel the tension nearly as much because of the decisions that were made and the things that I watched that I just couldn't believe I, it, it took me out of it so much. It wasn't, it wasn't as much of a, of a win for me. Yeah, it has a lot of weird moments, but for me, I would say watch it if you're in the mood for something uncomfortable and something maybe outside of your wheelhouse, unless you're into suspense type stuff and you really want to spend the rest of your night thinking about who might be living in a part of your house that you don't go into a lot. <laughs> I don't I don't want to think about that. Yeah, if why you want to be concerned about who's about living in the room with your furnace and your water heater... <laughs> watch this and i i think it's on hulu available with your yes, subscription we, we did we watched it on hulu so what do you say i'm not gonna say it's not a watch i'd say it's a watch it was an interesting movie had some interesting concepts was really acted well i liked everybody who was in it um and i like the fact that it wasn't dubbed when i watch foreign films i don't mind reading subtitles i want to be able to hear the actors actually speak even if I can't understand it, have inflection, have tone. You need that, I think, uh, when you watch movies and you watch actors who are doing a job well. You need that. So I'm not going to say it's not a watch. I'm going to say it's a watch. It was fun enough, especially especially the end with the crazy husband. It was good. I, I did enjoy that. But other than that, I am good. Yeah, me as well. So everyone... Thanks for once again hearing us rant and or rave about another movie. Uh, It's fun when we don't necessarily agree on everything that's going on in it. I think that makes for a fun dynamic. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. And as always, this has been Movie How. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. And you'll see us next time. Thanks a lot. I hate to spoil Joe's wonderful ending, but I do have to interject that you can get in touch with us at moviehowl at gmail.com or on Twitter at moviehowl.